recording. Here we are. Okay. Cheers. 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 It's been a week. It has, man. A Thursday that feels like a Friday. I think it's because we're not in person this time, and it's just sad. We got so used to the the secret sauce of being in person. Yes, yes, the secret sauce. Very Italian. Very Italian. The secret sauce. sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, gang. Where do we start today? Let's talk about what we've been learning and what's what's what questions does it raise for us? I see that we have some interesting things on the list today, things that I don't know anything about, so Oh. Um, I would love to learn. Allie, you want to kick us off here? Sure. Yeah, I think um like I've mentioned in a couple other episodes. <laughs> I feel like on average, like my work is not getting easier, but I'm getting a little bit more tenacious or like my skin is getting thicker. And I've always wanted to be someone who could like be more adaptable and like roll with the punches. And I think I'm literally in the middle of this. Um, just like a, a thought I've been having lately, but I'll call back David Cadaby's email newsletter that I shared with us um, a couple episodes ago, the contrarianism sheet conversation. So yeah. just someone I really like the way he thinks, but he had a newsletter a couple weeks ago that has like stuck with me. I have it. I've had it bookmarked and the premise is just like, just we should fail more. And I feel like that's another thing. Like in our past episode, we talked about those like pieces of advice we've gotten and how a lot of times we hear things, but we don't really hear things, you know, like we've had posters on our teacher's wall, but like they haven't really connected with us until we're like in our twenties or thirties. And we're like, Oh, that's what that meant. Or like, Oh, I actually see how, like how this is supposed to work now. So obviously everyone says like failing is fine. Just get back up, like all that stuff. But I feel like I'm literally in the midst of that personally. So it's like really resonating with me in this newsletter. Um, it just talks about like, you don't have to finish everything. You don't have to finish every book. You don't have to finish every idea. Like getting started is part of the process and there's always going to be experimentation. So the book thing is what's funny because every time I start a book, I feel like I have to finish it. So I'll start there and ask if you guys feel the same way, just about books and reading. No, if I'm, if I'm not into it after like a few chapters, I can usually tell that I'm not going to be into it and I bail immediately. Really? Yeah. Kaylee, what about you? (laughs) I had a really hard time with this for a long time too, because I thought, okay, I've invested time and energy into getting this far. I should just see it through. And that's probably a metaphor for the rest of my life. But I finally heard something about like, you only get a a certain amount of time. Like there's an equation of if you multiply where you're at age-wise, age-wise with how many pages you read, there's some formula where you can figure out how many books you can read before the average lifespan times out. And I was like, I don't have enough time to oh commit God. to these books that I don't like. And that yeah. for me was the thing that was like, okay, I, my time is limited. I need to invest more wisely. So if I don't like it, I'm going to stop and move on. And I've done that so much within the past two months. And I'm not mad. I think it's good. Do you all feel like that same sentiment translates to your work or your more like creative work that's a good question definitely yes for me which is not always a good thing because because i feel like i have so many things i want to do and try and i will like get going on something and 
I feel like I never know what is, what is, hey, this isn't working. You should just bail and fail and be okay. And then I, mm. or like, you should push past this and keep going and like get Interesting. to the other side of it. Like I, I have a hard time figuring out which is which. And so I feel like I've bailed on several things that maybe I shouldn't have. I don't know. I feel like it's not always a good like thing that to threshold. do that when it comes to like creative projects or work. How, I have a follow-up question to that. So how do you evaluate like looking backwards? Oh, maybe I shouldn't have given up on that. Like what gave you that gut feeling? Um, I think it's just like, there are certain things where I still think about it. Like there are some things I've tried where I'm like, I don't care that I stopped that. That was stupid. But then there are other things where I'm like, I actually would have really enjoyed getting to like a more established point with that project or whatever it was. Um, and maybe I wish I hadn't let distractions come in the way or like yeah. my imposter syndrome or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that sounds like sense. the threshold. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, there's a, go, go ahead, Allie, go. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, just following up on the newsletter that I'm referring to, like he talks about how we, so much of our early live was conditioned to finish, finish things, finish paper, finish the freaking Scantron bubble sheet for, t for tests. But when it comes to embarking on more like creative work, it's like, you don't know until you know, but like Krista said, is like, how do you know? Like my mom, for example, um, she owns her own business and she was expanding into a new location, uh, into Florida and it was a huge, a huge undertaking. And like six months in, she was having a hard time figuring out whether she should just call it because it just wasn't fun anymore. And she kind of had that same question as you of like, when, like, is this just me being tired? I need to reset. Am I burnt out? Or is this like a sign that like, this isn't meant to be, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, I was like, if you knew what you knew now, would you have started in the first place? And she was like, no. So I'm like, then I think this is just how the journey was meant to be not to get like philosophical, yeah. but like with more yeah. creative work, that's like open-ended. Sometimes you have to start to know that it's not going to work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think for me, so in relation to the work that I'm doing now with freelancing, it's evolved a lot because of that feeling of like, I don't want to keep doing the same thing exactly as I'm doing it right now. I want to tweak it a little bit, or I'm curious about this thing. I'm going to follow that path and see where it goes. So I've done a lot of that where it's been kind of like little pivots and tweaks to what I'm doing. And I know we're not supposed to talk about work, but it's, it feels right for this question. Um, the other thing though, like Krista, what you were saying. So my friend Emma and I started doing things on a platform called Blab. It was basically like this kind of show, but it was back in 2015. And I think, so eventually the software went away. It like went under. So we stopped using the software, but we didn't keep going with the, the show. And so we have picked up our podcast again without the video, but I just, I think so often about if we had continued on from that point that we had already established when we were doing that so long ago, we'd be eight years in now. And instead yeah. we have that interrupted period. We didn't build a following from that initial start. We could have been so much further down the road. And so that's one of those moments where I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have kept going. And I think at the time I was like, eh, it's kind of fizzling. Like let's, let's let it go for now. And I wish yes. we wouldn't have. It's so hard to know in the moment because when you feel like something is fizzling or not working, 
I feel like it's easy, or at least for me, it's easy to be like, I'm kind of embarrassed or like, I kind of feel like I'm not good enough to do this or something. It's like so easy to talk yourself out of it because yes. you're like insecure about it or whatever. But then I don't know. It's just hard. You never know. Isn't what are things? Like a bell, bell curve about that though? Like it's going really good. It's going really good. And then it goes downhill and there's a lull. And it's like, can you survive the dip? Isn't that like a self yeah. Odin thing? Yeah. Like, can a, you make mm, it out of the dip? And so many people yeah. don't. Yeah. It's it. hard. Like, don't. It's really yeah. hard. What are some things y'all have started and chosen not to finish that you knew were, was the best decision? Like, there's no doubt. Is there anything like that? Um, I think for me, I think for me, uh, definitely when I was doing, like doing the little donut shop thing, um, because we've, I've actually tried it twice. And both times it was just kind of like the way this is working right now is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. I will be, I know I'll be like miserable in six months if I keep doing this, it's going to severely impact the quality of my life. Um, I think in those cases, I wish I could keep going or like, I am still curious like what it would be like today, but I know that it was the right decision because Mm -hmm the way things were working out just like wasn't sustainable. And I knew that like, I, I want this to happen, but this is not the way to make it happen. And so I think that is a situation where I'm glad I stopped, even though I didn't really want to, but yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't, I can't really, I can't, I'm struggling to think of one right now. I'm sure I have one, but I can't think of one on the spot. But I mean, even just in relation to books, it's like, I'm not going to keep reading this book. That's, super thick and mm-hmm. loving it for the sake of finishing it because I feel like it's what I'm supposed to do in that mm-hmm. alone I think it's been helpful yeah mine are typically aligned with like what I feel like I should have been doing or should be doing like mm-hmm. I used to have a newsletter on like my website I've just never been a big like newsletter girl and I started it like I think it was during COVID or right after um and it just flamed out because I was like, I genuinely don't want to do this. And I just don't think mm-hmm. I've always been in tune with that voice. Because, I mean, obviously, there's things we do every day that we don't want to do. It's just part of life. But, like, yeah. in terms of creative projects or things where you're not necessarily making money or it's more of just, like, a side thing, like, I think that's when you have to be in tune with that voice yeah. because that's what keeps it, like, keeps you going when it does inevitably get tedious or difficult or like you come up on roadblocks like that's I think what pushes you through so for me it was like I don't really want to do this like why am I doing it and now I'm a lot more in tune with that voice but that's what comes to mind yeah the gut check is a good meter I feel like like the body keeps the score and all of that your body will tell you before your brain will you have to kind of like how's this feeling it's funny you say that the body keeps the score first question have you all read that book Okay. I feel like I need to read it because I am a very like physical, my anxiety tends to manifest very physically, but I was on Instagram the other day and I don't even know how it's probably overheard me talking. Um, I got like ads for this product called kick and it's essentially, it's like another online like medication platform, which is really cool that folks can get prescriptions online, but it's prescription strength treatment and performance psychology for energizing sleep and confident presentations. So I was like, oh, interesting. It's an adrenaline blocker. And it's for folks that like, I guess, get very nervous, like manifest 
their nervousness and their anxiety, very physically like shaky voice, blanking mm. out, like shaky hands, sweatiness. And like, I went to the website and I was like reading all about it and the reviews seem great. But part of me is like, if the body keeps the score, like, why mm. are we like, should we be like blocking oh. all of those? I can see both sides. So I just wanted to see like what you guys thought. I mean, I'm very nervous with like public speaking and I know Kaylee, you do that a lot. So I'm, I'm just curious what y'all's experience are with that stuff. So I have not been on an adrenaline blocker, but I have been on a beta blocker before and I don't know how similar or different those two things are. I know that they have similar effects. I've heard that people who do stand up comedy take them because mm. they do have a little bit of a calming effect. I will say that when I took them, I did not notice any difference. I still get oh, really, really, really nervous and it's not until I'm up there doing the thing and like feeling myself doing it and doing an okay job that I can start to calm down. And I haven't found any way around that. Um, if it works for some people, I think that's great. But I also think, I also kind of wonder, cause it's like playing God a little bit, you know, like yeah. where do you draw yeah. the line on that stuff? I don't, I don't mean to like judge other people who are doing it. I just don't know how I personally feel about it. Yeah. I, I've never tried either, but I have been curious about them because I've heard of people taking them before like big presentations and stuff. And I am somebody, I'm like you, Allie, like I, I can't, like I have so, I have such bad anxiety when it comes to that stuff. Like to the point where the entire week before the presentation or whatever it is, like I will just be in a bad mood because I'm so mm -hmm. nervous and I've, like I have started turning down when people ask me to come on podcasts about work or anything. I'm just like, no, because it's not mm -hmm. fun or worth it. It's not me. enjoyable. Yeah. And so I have thought about it. Like sometimes I would like to do that stuff or like maybe it would help my career or whatever. But like, I don't know. I So I think I would try it because yeah. I heard I think I heard that like Kristen Bell takes them before she has to go into really big meetings or do really big like appearances because she's also very like anxious when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's interesting Kaylee to hear you say that you didn't notice any difference. I didn't. And I didn't take them for that purpose. I took them for blood pressure, which is not sexy or cool. Um, <laughs> it was something that was prescribed by the okay. doctor and they were like, this okay. is a side effect. Some people use them for this. You might get a nice little extra yeah. something. Yeah. Um, so now that we've gone over my geriatric healthcare <laughs> needs, I'm no longer on them. I'm happy to say <laughs> I made it through. So great for that. But Amazing. I don't know though. I think it's an interesting topic of conversation because there's, there's so many like med medicinal quick fixes right now. Like we also have the whole topic of Ozempic, which we don't need to get into. But again, it's like this idea of, do you take this medical stepping stone to help speed things up? Um, is it helpful long-term? Is it helpful short-term? I don't know. I just, I still yeah. don't know how I feel about all of it. I, it's yeah. very complicated. Allie, yeah. and I'm curious what you said too, about like, you were wondering about this because of the body keeps the score and like, is it harmful if you block I don't know if it, I don't know if I would think it's like harmful. I just feel like it's like a band aid, and I just yeah. think in society today, which it's been a conversation for 20, 30 years with like big pharma, just like continuing to lay and not every yeah. case, right? Like bet medica medication and like pharmaceutical improvements have like quite literally saved lives, right? So it's not really yeah. about the bigger picture. It's more of like the use cases of utilizing medicine instead of going to the root 
cause, right? right? Like usually diet, lack of exercise, yada, 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 no sunlight, whatever. But in this case, like there's a, I'm just reading as a copywriter, I'm just reading the copy on the site. It just says like adrenaline is our body's natural response to fear. And most of the time it helps us perform our best, but everybody faces moments of anxiety. So I'm thinking like you have a job interview and like any other time you'd be a hundred percent, but for some reason that circumstance, just your body is just off the charts. So you need something to just get through those 30 minutes. I think that's fine. But over time, I feel like why, like, I feel like those folks wouldn't ask why do interviews bother me? Like, why am I scared of public speaking? Like, why am I nervous about X, Y, Z and like kind of getting to the root of it? And like, yes, maybe you do also complement that talk therapy or that reflection with a beta blocker or an adrenaline blocker to kind of get through stuff if it's important to you. Um, but I just, I, it's the same conversation with like taking edibles all the time, drinking all the time. It's just like introducing those external things that ultimately don't allow us to get to the root of stuff and even essentially better understand how you are and why. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. I don't think they're dangerous. Like, I mean, I was reading the science behind it and I think, I think they're fine. I'm just talking more about the disconnection with yourself and what that looks like over time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've even seen like a, um, like a legit like speaking coach and stuff to like help me kind of break through some of those barriers. Like whether it's, I don't know if it's like social anxiety. I don't know if it's confidence. Like, I don't know what it is, but we talked through all of those things and still it's just like, then you might be a good fit for it. I want to try it. You should try it. I also say no to everything. So (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to be in any position where I even need them. So who knows? Okay. (laughs) Avoidance. That works too. That yeah, was great. <laughs> it, I, I, it does make me think, though, too. I like on Armchair Expert, I hear, I just listened to Kristen Bell talk about doing some sort of therapy. I don't know what it was, but I've heard people talk about this is what they use ketamine therapy for. This is what they use, like some sort of emotional slash medicinal assisted therapy to really work through at a, I don't know what you call it. I don't know if it's your subconscious or whatever, but to kind of really get to the root of what's troubling you and maybe it's from your childhood, whatever it is. But I think that path is really interesting because yeah. it's kind of a, it's kind of a one, two punch of you're getting the medicinal assistance, but you're doing it in a really controlled environment with a really strategic plan associated mm-hmm. with what you're trying to accomplish. It's not mm-hmm. recreational. It's not just, I'm going to do this and see how it goes. It's like very structured. And I think that that's yeah. super interesting. Well, you said like sometimes you get on stage, Kaylee, and you just have to get the evidence. You just have Mm -hmm. to get to the point where you're like, I'm doing it and I'm good at this. So maybe taking an adrenaline blocker for a couple circumstances to enough to gather that evidence that then you can rely on moving forward of like, this actually isn't that bad. I'm actually very good at this and I know I can do it well. You just have to get through that, like, like your body's blocking you. That -hmm. could be a good way to use it. Yeah, I think so. I think the tricky thing there is it's kind of a slippery slope because we all love a crutch. We're like very hardwired to love a good crutch. And I think it really depends on what your tendency is, is like, do you have a lot of self-control? Can you pull back on those things? Or are you just kind of like, I need this now, you know, it's a very situational thing. hundred percent. I think another thing we should talk about is taking a hard pivot here, but influencers and this idea of like people who work internally at companies being either trained or asked to take a position as like a public facing entity for the company, either as 
like an evangelist or an influencer or a face to the nameless entity that is your company. Mm. What do you guys think about that? Where do you stand on this? So Are, <laughs> I have a clarifying question. question. Are you talking about folks that are hired for this role or folks that are just normal people and they're asked to add this on as like a, both. It's like a thing. Okay. Both. Cause I'm seeing both. I'm seeing yeah. like I get asked to this as a external third party, but then I'm also seeing it happen internally at companies. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, first of all, have you had this experience? And if you're watching it from the distance, what do you think about it? This will be actually really interesting to hear both sides of this because I feel like I'm coming at it from the angle of being internal at a company where we're not, expected like nobody's expecting us to jump on LinkedIn or Twitter and be influencers for the company but I do think that is a very big part of just content marketing in general right now like to be you know to be doing that for your company and I have really mixed feelings about it I at a certain point was super into it and specifically the company I'm at now is Jasper and I was like very into it for a while because I like my job a lot. Our product is really cool. Like there's new shit coming out for it every day, which is really cool. And it's fun to talk about. But like earlier this year, there just was like such an explosion of all these AI experts and influencers. Mm. And it just was like so much and so overwhelming and everybody was so annoyed by it and it just broke my brain a little bit and I just was like I don't know if I like the fact that I'm this is all that I'm talking about on social media like Mm -hmm. I want to post memes and like I want to talk about other stuff that I like and I just don't know it's just such a weird balance when like you work in marketing and you work in content and I don't know. I just am curious how y'all feel about it from like freelancing and on your owning your own agency. Like, do y'all struggle with that? Um, so I, I have so many thoughts on this. So first I'll say that we actually attempted to implement this as a, as a marketing strategy for the agency, like last year, um, mm-hmm. we coined it, decentralized content marketing. Alex Burkett actually wrote like a huge guide on it. Um, We also looked at it from an agency lens, considering at an agency, you literally sell your brains, right? So like if we could get more of our team active, like everyone is brilliant, just share what you're thinking online. Not only will it help build your personal brand, your personal credibility, which is huge right now in like tech and marketing, like having your own influence on LinkedIn or Twitter, but ultimately it would help the business too. Like, oh, I want to work with this person who I saw and I like the way that they think and oh, they work at Omniscient, blah, blah, blah. Um, It fizzled out quite quickly because it requires a lot of extra time and it's a big ask. And that's why I was asking clarifying, like in a clarifying way, I don't think it's fair to like ask your employees or like even like suggest it because it's just not like everyone has different relationships with social media. Everyone has boundaries, you know, like we, we tried it for like a month and we're like, this is actually not very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't post on social media as much right now. I've had like six ish months of just like, I just don't feel like I have a lot of inspiration. I don't feel like I have a lot of like, by the end of the day, I'm just like, 
done. But I would like to have a more diversified social presence on Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, When I'm ready, it won't just be about marketing. But it was a couple years ago, for sure. That was like Twitter and LinkedIn was like my marketing space. Hence why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving forward, I, I like you, Krista, I want to have like everything. I want it to be balanced. Yeah. But it must be so, it must be a little bit more complicated for y'all because like, like you said, Allie, that is a part of how you win new business. I, I don't know. It's just so, yeah, I don't like it. If any space was to be a hundred percent about work, it would be LinkedIn, which I think it's already naturally yeah. inclined to be. Yeah. Um, now I like what I do. So like once I get out of the weeds of this season of the business, like I'll probably want to talk about it more mm-hmm. um, and share learnings more. But I think when I think about diversifying my social accounts, I think more about like Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think it, that could be a lot more fun than I used to. It used to be for me when it's like the pressure, yeah. taking the pressure off of like, this is work alley. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts on this too. So when I started freelancing and doing my own thing full time, one of the services that I offered was social media. So I was much more personally enmeshed with a lot of this type of work just by the nature of the job. And so as time has gone on, I've shifted more into writing. However, what's happened now is that there's so much money on the table when it comes to these opportunities, especially for independent contractors, people who are external to these organizations there are a lot of companies who are offering a lot of money for this type of work. I think where things get really tricky these days is that there's not a lot of disclosure around who's an influencer versus who's somebody who really is just discovering something new that they love and wants to share it with the world. And so um, I've tried to be really careful when I do engage in these, because like I said, there is a lot of money on the table. And if it passes through my personal checks of like, does this seem useful? Does this seem relevant to my audience? If it ticks all those boxes, you know, the amount of money is right. The disclosure happens. However, there are so many of these little kind of clicks and niches on especially Twitter. I think it happens on LinkedIn a lot, too, where they kind of elevate each other's content. And so it's getting a ton of exposure. It's making a lot more money for everybody involved. And so it's not... I think for a lot of people, they look at it as another stream of revenue rather than a personal outlet. They've just totally taken that off the table. And I think what's really sad is we talked about this in a previous episode. It's like, where is your personal digital footprint these days? Mm -hmm. For me, I think it's Instagram. That's where I'm like most myself, but Twitter still feels like this weird in between. Like, do I talk about work? Do I talk, do I just say my random thoughts that I want to share here? It's really hard to figure out like what percentage should the mix be? And do you even want to invest your time and energy there? Because so many people are playing this different game now where they're just, oh, we have a Slack channel where X posted this thread today. I need to go and comment Mm. and reply on that and then retweet it at this certain Mm -hmm. time within this amount of window of time. It's this whole different ball game now. So it's really, it's super confusing, I think, for everyone involved. I think that's probably, I just think that's one of my big like fears or just why I'm so annoyed with it all is because Mm -hmm. like, even if I decide, yeah, I'm going to chill it on the work stuff and maybe not post on LinkedIn as much, maybe just post fun stuff on Twitter. Like now I feel like I'm at a disadvantage because 
Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to find a new job in the future, or if mm. there are people at my company who are posting on those platforms a lot about work, it's like, now do they look better than I do? Like, it's just, oh, yeah. I, I think that's my big frustration with it all is that it's just, yeah. you feel a little bit forced or boxed into doing it, which mm-hmm. is not fun. That's why I feel like I'm in a holding pattern with Twitter and I'm just like not doing anything, which to me is, it's just going to have to be okay. (laughs) I think I've probably lost followers. Like I've, I've, I used to care a lot about that stuff and it takes a lot of energy and I'm like keeping things very minimal in terms of like my priorities right now. So part of me doesn't care, but like the, the voice in the back of my mind is like, it could be like this, like I could have done this or this could have been an opportunity or just keeping that, like keeping that audience like afloat. Right. Like that's the, the difference for you, Kaylee is like your Instagram, which I still think is like really cool with like your book reviews and everything. Like so you just curate that very thoughtfully, but you're probably not as sensitive to your audience there as you are on Twitter. Is that correct? Yeah, not at all. Yeah. And I think they're totally different audiences too. Right. And the size is so different. Like one has right. 60,000 followers. One has like 2000 followers. So the stakes right. are way lower too. I feel like that really changes things as well. But again, we talked about how Twitter is changing everything mm-hmm. right now. So it's all one question I had for you though, Allie, and talking about that, just to kind of wrap up this piece of the conversation is you kind of talked about being in a holding pattern. And I hear that mm-hmm. a lot when people get overwhelmed the the action path that they take is none where they're just like i feel too many mixed emotions about this so i'm not going to do anything about it that's not me but i wonder if that's true for you do you feel like you default to i'm just gonna yeah because i've always heard like the moments of stress it's like uh fight or flight but Mm -hmm. i don't know where i read it that it's actually fight flight freeze or fawn Mm-hmm. And I think mine, especially when I'm not confident in e- like any choice and it's, it's relatively non-consequential, right? Like I'm not waiting to like pay my rent or decide sure. if I'm going to marry somebody. It's more of like this space, relatively low stakes. I don't know how I want to utilize it. I don't want to mess it up, but I don't know if I really want to use it right now. So yeah, I think I tend to freeze when it's like a pretty low stakes decision like that. Um, I'm also working on that because it also doesn't give me any new data. Like going back to the first part of a conversation, you got to continue to push forward to like learn what you might not know. Um, so it's really not helping me make my decision because I'm not doing anything. But a part of me is like, maybe sometime in the future when things slow down, I'll have a more time to like examine how I want to use this. Or maybe one day I'll wake up and I'll have the energy to like bulk write 27 tweets and schedule them out like I don't know how I want to do that yeah what about you Krista where do you fall on that range of things do you feel like you default to inaction or do you just I'm just gonna roll with it and see how it plays out I definitely default to fight when it comes to really fight yeah yeah I, I really jump into action mode like very quickly in in most things but again, that's like not always a good thing. It's conditional. Like it, 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 oh, it, not it, a good thing. No, it's just sometimes it's like you should take a step back and you should oh, just yeah, kind of sure. let things like see how you feel in a week or mm-hmm. a month or whatever. But like I, I want to just take action and like do something about it. And that is how I usually operate. But 
I'm trying to get better about it because that's not always the best. <laughs> it's always circumstantial. Yeah, like really. I think the, the yeah. real power is being able to pick from all four of those based on what True. the circumstances. Um, and I think it's, I mean, obviously I'm not going to like freeze if I'm like threatened or something, but yeah. in these like little situations, I tend to like whatever. just sit and chill. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That I think yeah. that's like, of the of the options, I would say mm-hmm. that's the one I wish I defaulted to, just because you just give yourself space before you <laughs> make a mistake or whatever. Lash out irrationally. In my yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> from the Santa Claus. That's a line that the little boy says to the psychiatrist. He just kind of like re- regurgitates it back to him because it's something he's heard his parents say, and I it's like lodged in oh my, my brain. Oh what do you mean, lash out irrationally? It's like <laughs> hearing it from a five-year-old's mouth is so funny that I can't unhear it. That was such a specific I movie quote. That. I know, I know. That's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Oh Anyways, God, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. What should we talk about next? Um, what have y'all? Let's move on to something more fun. What have y'all yeah. been like watching, reading, whatever, right now? Uh, Love Island. Are you liking it? Uh, Yes, it (laughs) it's such a good season. Holy crap! Is this UK? Is this the UK? This is UK. Okay, and very divided opinions on this season. So that's the thing is, it's like so diff. It's different than other seasons. Like we just are you guys familiar with like high level format of the show, like Casa Amor? Mm-hmm. So they just went to Casa Amor in the last episode we watched. And I can't say that there's one solid couple. So it's just like such an interesting dynamic between everybody. And yeah, it's just fascinating. It's keeping me, keeping me intrigued. Okay. So. Right. Have you given up on the U S version? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. What yeah, do you like about the chaos of the UK and that there are no stable couple? Like what's drawing you in? Um, I don't know if it's like the no stable couples element. It's just, it feels like typically with other seasons there, like the couples get carved out sooner. So it creates this like dynamic of like, these people are like closed off and therefore like they might not turn or whatever. And these people aren't. And so there's like usually a divide and like the reactions are different. Now it's just like 12 random people still after like three to four weeks, which I think is pretty rare. Um, I don't know. I think it's just, Austin and I always have like very interesting conversations about like psychology and stuff from the show, which sound, I don't know if I'm like deeping it too much, but definitely intrigued by like all of the dynamics. Um, Let us in. Give us a peek into one yeah. of these conversations. Um, Why are right. people so weird? I'm sure that's one of them. So, uh, well, yeah. So weird. Oh yeah. The first thing that's funny is like seeing people, like parts of people on the show that remind me people that I really know. And so, like, that's intriguing. One guy really reminds me of my ex, which is, like, weird. Parts of his, like, behavior do. Um, But it's just interesting, like, different people and, like, how they define, like, dating and how they define, like, getting to know – like, I'm just getting to know you. And, like, I think, like, the phrases that people use on the show are really interesting. Like, I'm open. I'm closed off. I just want to get to know you. I find a connection. Like I fancy you. Like the language in the UK one is always so different anyway. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just like so intrigued by like all the dynamics and the nature of the show is different too because there's literally like every season is different. 
Like it's not, there's not a pattern of events that happens. It's like, there might be a new person. There might be three new people. Might, someone might get kicked oh. off. Like there might be a game. Like it, every episode is so different that it like, I find it really interesting. I'm, I'm probably going way yeah. bigger with this stupid reality TV thing than, than normal. No, I, think, no. I think that they're great for that. You can be a little anthropologist while you watch and like, right. you know, it's like what is happening? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? I love it. Krista, you go. Um, I don't know. I'm in, I'm, in a, I'm in a TV rut right now, but I have been watching a show. I picked back up on season two of a show called Starstruck. Um, have y'all ever heard of that show? Mm-mm. So it's about a girl. I can't remember how they met, but in season one, she's just kind of a normie and she ends up meeting this um, actor, this famous actor, and they start dating. And so, like, season one is about them starting to like each other, and then season two is about, like, them trying to be in a relationship, but it's really hard because he's famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and just fun. It's a, it's really funny. It's well-written. Um, I would highly recommend. Yeah. Nice. But other than That's that, it's like, there's not really a lot going on in TV land lately. Yeah for me i've been yeah i've been in a rut too that does sound like a book that i just read that i really liked that was called romantic comedy it was very similar to that but the female lead is a writer at like it's supposed to be saturday night live but they have to call it something else for the sake of the book but she Mm. falls in love with the musical guest and i just i was in a real reading rut where i was having a lot of books i didn't finish which i wasn't feeling good about Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't really get my stride with any of them. And I read that one in like two days. If I would have had a good six hours, I could have finished it in one sitting. It was just yeah. super like easy breezy. So I, I really liked that one. And then I'm getting back into Outlander. I, in season four, when they are in America, I was just kind of like, this is starting to get boring. But I've put it back on. I'm getting caught up. Um, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's something I'm just kind of like putting on while I'm looking at my phone or doing something else because not a lot happens in these episodes. They're very slow and they're an hour. Yeah. So isn't this, isn't there just like a lot of sex and that's the, no, not in this season. I'm like, what are we doing here? (laughs) This is not what I came here for. God, I was obsessed with Outlander season one and then the end one. After oh I watched the end, I, ha- I literally had to take like a few months because I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because I didn't read the book. So I was not aware that like that was part of the either. story. And then when I got into season two, obviously, like that was still pretty good because it was still like OG storyline. But then there was like the back and forth and the daughter and I just fizzled oh out gosh. as well. I haven't I made it past season three and I don't know if it I want to it. like do it again. <laughs> I know. I'm not super loving it. It's very kind of like day to day. Hmm. I don't know. It's a lot of like historical, you know, I don't need to see you guys build your log cabin. I don't care about that. I don't Amazing. care. Should I sh- do y'all think I would like season one? Like, should I just watch season one and then like, are you into mail? redheaded men? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> this one's different. <laughs> this is the unicorn of redheaded men. No, I mean, if you like like period drama, like it's very um, historical, it's, like yeah, like it's costumes. it's historical fiction, the, but it's based on real events. What about the the female lead? Would I be into her? She's pretty. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Maybe is she my type. What does she look like? I'll look her up. You got to look her up. Her, she's the Claire character. I, I definitely know. think 
Yeah, it's it's like a to me these shows are like in my head I just call them big commitments because like mm. you have to put in enough time to get into it or you get into it and it just sucks up all your time because it's like yeah a, like, that's why I've never watched Grey's I've never watched Breaking Bad I've never watched Game of Thrones because I'm just yeah. like I need six to nine months to just watch this properly or yeah. it's going to take that long to figure out if I even like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Keep talking. It's a good, it's I'm a good winter to... watch too. When you're stuck inside, I mean, it's Fair. an hour long while you're folding laundry, put it on. It's not, you're yeah. not going to be riveted until you are. And then you're like, Oh my God. So what are other winter watches? Ooh, I think <laughs> Austin and I always start like, um, movie series in the winter like pirates mm-hmm. of the caribbean we watch every okay. few winters i like that um what else what else I do you guys say, watch i would say mad men is a really good i rewatched episode one of like a month or so ago and i was like wow mm-hmm. this is really good um and i watched all of that when it was on so i i know that i like it all the way through gilmore girls is a good fall show for me i usually put that on starting in <laughs> september and i'll watch an episode like one a day while I'm eating lunch or something, just because it feels good. It's a comfort mm. rewatch. Yeah, for sure. Bridgerton's um, good. Have you guys seen that? Ooh, I do I like love Bridgerton. Bridgerton. I like really? Bridgerton. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. Okay, Krista, what did do you, you like watch about both it? seasons? I I will say I liked season two more. I did too. Me too. Because there was Why? more. Because I feel like the leads had better chemistry. Oh right. yeah. And uh, there was just more like tension. Like I feel like there was just more like. I also like the female tension. lead better. Yeah, she yeah. was like, I'm all for like a super strong, stubborn like female lead. And I mean, the girl in the first season was great too, but it's more of a traditional like male female yep. dynamic. Yep. The second season kind of broke the mold, and I liked that. I liked the guy more too, the the male lead. Yeah, like I feel like he was also a little bit like. I don't know. Different. Just had more personality. Like they just had more right. personality. They had way better chemistry. Um, yeah. I'm excited for season three whenever that decides to come out. But Bridgerton um, yeah. was one that was so shocking that I couldn't get into because I love a like highly costumed, crusty period drama. But it was too the fact that it has like a little bit of like currentness to it. Mm-hmm. It pulled me out of it, and I Interesting. couldn't. I couldn't. Currentness. So then, like what? Like the music, like the music, yeah. all pop songs, but like instrumental, of course. See, I love it's that. kind of like it's it almost felt like it was almost like a mockumentary because they, it's mm. like we all know what you're doing here. It mm. like pulled me out of it just enough that I was like, oh, I'm watching a show. Whereas so when that... I watch something like Downton Abbey, it's like we are all in on this. You're in it. Yeah. 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 There's that's no. Interesting. There's no present. Have you ever seen the show Dickinson? I didn't love that one either. Because probably because because of of the same thing. Because there's there's some comedy and stuff, and I'm like, I want one or the other. I can't do the in between because I'm like, interesting. I feel like I'm in limbo. Is that Haley Steinfeld? Yeah, it is. It is. And I liked her. Like I totally got what they were going for. I could Mm -hmm. appreciate it. I was like, this just isn't for me. Yeah. See, I loved, I loved that. Like giving it a just enough of like a modern twist. Yes, I, I really like that a lot. Persuasion with Dakota Fanning is the same thing too, where she kind of like winks at the camera. And in the case of Fleabag, where there's it's not a period piece setting, I love that. I love mm. a Fleabag show where it's like wink at the mm. camera, like you're in on yeah. the secret here. 
But with yeah. that one, I was like, oh, I can't do it. I've never seen. Yeah. It's interesting yeah, you say that thing. because um, Pride and Prejudice with Matthew McFadden is like one of my favorite movies. And it's like very, like it is in the time. Like every time I watch it, I'm like there. Like the one, the, yeah. um, the soundtrack is one of my favorites. Like I listen to it for fun and sees. Mm-hmm. Atonement <laughs> so, too. Atonement yeah. is that for me. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. One. Anyways, cool. we really got wrapped up in that <laughs> I one. I know, man. Um, let's see. What else is going Can you, I see Roca News. Is that how you say it? Is it Roca, Roca? Can we talk about that? Yeah, so... What is this? I think it's pronounced Roca, but my husband's, one of his best friends who actually lives in Thailand, he's an ESL, no, he's a PE teacher. Um, They got together this summer when Brad was back in town, and he was telling Austin about this app called, like, Roca News, and it's, like, a gamified, like, news app. And I was just like so intrigued by it because I feel like there's already so many news apps, already so many news sources. Every publication online is like gated dollar a week or something. So I was like, what is this? And I haven't downloaded it yet because I forgot. (laughs) But apparently you like every day you log in and you like read the top stories and then you take a test on like some of the takeaways from them and then you get like a score for it and like points and you can like join your friends i hate it it too i wanted to check it out but like part of me is like is our attention span and our like (laughs) connection with society so weak (laughs) that we have to gamify the shit out of everything even just like fucking current events like, can you imagine, like, reading about, like, the Hawaii fire? And you're like, I got my points. I'm like, what yeah. is that? And Thank that's part you. of I guess that's why I haven't downloaded it either. Because I'm like, A, will I get sucked in like a loser? Or B, will I just, like, hate myself that I even did this for five minutes? But I thought it was interesting because Brad is international. So he doesn't have, like, the same access to things over there. So maybe it works for him. But I just thought I'd bring it up and see what you guys thought. Yeah. I do like the, I did look at the website and I do think it's a super interesting angle of like, we're trying to make this as bipartisan, like non choosing a side as possible, which I don't know if that's truly possible as human beings creating the content, but I appreciate the effort. I think it's definitely needed. I do not want to take a quiz though and make it a competition because I don't want to read the news without a competition. Like that is not incentivizing to me, but if it gets people to know what's going on in the world, maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe there are a certain subset of people who that's just like, they need things gamified. I don't know. Yeah. And like, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't think it would be for me either. Though I do like the trying to show all sides. Yeah. Vibes. As much as yeah. you can. I think that as that should happen. Can. Yeah. It's just so how, hard. How do you guys consume if you do news? Don't. I feel like 2016 really just, like, yeah. I don't really like like to do that anymore. But there is an account. I'll have to figure out the name of the Instagram account. There's an Instagram account I follow. And it's kind of the same thing. I think it's literally called like All Sides or something. Hmm. And it will take headlines from major events and like major things happening and literally show like actual news headlines from all like publications from all sides. So left centrist and right. 
Um, mm. And I like that. Like, just let me see what everybody's saying and give me links. And if I want to dig in a little more, I have that option. But I, mm-hmm. I like that it like at least sheds light on how each side is like covering the same thing differently so that you're aware of it. Um, yeah. I would say that is about as far as I go when it comes to consuming news, honestly, because it's just a lot. Yeah. There's just too much going on as it is. Yeah. Everything yeah. is bad. I think the most information I get about what's happening in the world is from what I see in the sidebar on Twitter, as far as like, what are the trending topics? I don't even click on them though. I'm just <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't want to know. I've yeah. gone to too much therapy where I'm like, why is everything so bad? And he's like, stop watching the news. And I'm like, oh yeah. That makes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I don't cool, really cool. consume maybe Instagram. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so do yeah. y'all feel like y'all internalize that stuff? a lot i'm guessing if you're if oh, yeah. you're just like i'm not gonna do it okay so yeah same i just can't disconnect from it yeah yeah i think um my mm, yeah my threshold is so low for being able to like it, it's like i consume it and it has nowhere to go so it either like stresses me out or i'm like thinking about it or i'm like thinking about because i have quite a divide of folks in my life I grew up in Kentucky, relatively conservative. I live in Chicago, relatively liberal. I have friends all over the country, all over the world who are mostly left, but even spread. So I'm like, I don't even know how to talk with, I don't want to talk about it with anybody. I don't Mm -hmm. want it to be, it doesn't lead anywhere good. It doesn't lead anywhere like fruitful, you know, unless it's like a select few of people that I can (laughs) trust not to react or get weird about stuff. Because sometimes I'm like, I just want to like, talk it out. I just want to understand more. Like, I just want to understand what everyone's coming from. Um, but sometimes that's not even worth opening the door. Yeah. I haven't seen those conversations go anywhere. Good. Did you guys see the news about Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk fighting? This makes me so angry. Okay. So I will say all the proceeds are going to veterans. I don't care. I'm really? so upset there about are it. Just find another way to raise money for veterans i will say for toxic masculinity this is uh it we found it folks there it is yeah so bored so rich an snl sketch like it seems like parody and i'm like how is this actually ridiculous did you see that who tweeted this elon musk tweeted that it's going to take place in rome I spoke to the PM of Italy and Minister of Culture. They have agreed on an epic location. They're talking about the Colosseum, apparently, which would piss me off. Piss me off. I don't think it's actually going to happen. I don't think it's actually going to happen. I think that Elon is probably spinning up some fabulous story in his head. And you know what? Good for you. But this is madness. And I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. I don't have anything good to say about it. I don't even care that it's for a good cause. I think it is such, like, this is what not to do. Mm. Don't do this. Yeah. I don't know. That's all I have. I hope if it does happen that they do follow through with their word, though, because that's going to raise so much money. (laughs) In a a bad bad way. Is this how this plays out? You know, is this like Gladiator? Is this Gladiator 2023? And one of them is, like, are they fighting to the death? Is there going to be lions, tigers? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. I need to know. Anything is possible now. I think I hate it so much because it just feels like they feel like the world is just their playground. And they can just do whatever they want, whenever they want, 
And it just makes me feel, I just get so mad that I'm like, this is what you're doing because you just feel like the entire world is your, like, Mm -hmm. yours to do with what Stage, too. Like, we're all just here to watch you. Yeah. Mm. It's just. And a lot of people are, you know? I I say that in jest, but, like, a lot of people are like, yeah, cool, I'd watch that. And I'm just like, I don't know. It makes me so depressed. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. It's pretty pretty bleak. Pretty it. dystopian. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Let's do some lightning round questions. Um, first one. Here we go. Um, what is the last thing you changed your mind about and why? Oh, shit. I added this and I don't even have an answer. I don't either. Should we skip it? <laughs> Krista, did you like work really hard to think of something that you changed your mind about? And now you're like, God damn it. Um, I do you have did, an did. answer. Actually. Oh, she does. <laughs> Okay, this is Chris's question. This is but mine is, shine. mine is easy, so y'all can just like think of your own answers. Um, the last thing I changed my mind about is cargo pants, and <laughs> I used to, I used to hate them. Like, come on, they're so dorky. And in the '90s, I didn't even like them when they were super popular. But and so I started seeing them come back um, on people's Instagram and stuff. And at first, I was like come on, let's not do this. Let's not go there. But it got me. I'm so uh, susceptible to Instagram ads. And mm. if I see something enough, I'm like, actually, I think I like that. And now <laughs> I have probably three or four pairs of just the baggiest cargo pants you've ever seen in your life. Nice. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So maybe we keep it in the realm of fashion then. Let's keep it in a fashion context. Yeah, we should do this question like more often, but like give it like a, f- a filter because yes. that will help because I'm like, yes. yeah, anything. Yeah. Allie, I think I think the last time you asked me this question was when I did your work podcast. I and know. I, and I panicked <laughs> and I think I said the last thing I changed my mind about was going to grief group. So <laughs> <laughs> so heavy so yeah cargo <gasps> pants is uh i'm much, the I'm much happier with that answer. <laughs> great you if we're keeping so it in the realm of fashion um i guess i'll call out my sweatshirt i usually i've never really been a crew neck sweatshirt kind of girl um i'm usually been hoodie but oh. my friend stephanie started her own business as a clothing line called bad jeans very cool uh, a portion of the proceeds go to cancer research. Nice. So hence the bad genes name. Um, she's a oh. oncology nurse. So really cool. Check it out. But this is like one of the comfiest sweatshirts I own. I've always felt like crew neck was more restrictive and I really like mm. big, like baggy stuff in the winter, but this yeah. is like the perfect mix. So I think oh, that's I a that. recent change. That's a good one. Yeah. So mine is, has just come to me now too. And for a long time I was somebody who, did not match their socks when they did laundry. And so I would just pull two socks out of the drawer. Didn't matter what they looked like. As long as they didn't have holes in them, I was putting them on. And so now, look at this. I wear matching <laughs> socks. I match all my socks now. And I feel like such an adult. And I cannot tell you the last time that I wore mismatched socks. So oh, wow. this is me hey. blossoming into a full-grown adult. Who really turning socks. things around. It's the mean, final stage. There were so many people in my life who had a real problem with it. Like, what are you, what are you doing? I would take off my shoes and they'd be like, you're a human disaster. <laughs> I was like, it's I a little bit aggressive. <laughs> were you oh, ever no. like, I don't want to take off my shoes because my socks don't match? Or did you oh, just for really sure. care? For you really sure. Care. Yeah. But now huh. I don't have to worry about it. Problem solved. Just match your nice. socks. Who knew? 
takes a little extra effort. Goes a long oh my way. Gosh. Not your fault, folks. Oh man. But yeah. Okay. So next lightning round question. Um, what's something underrated you think more people should appreciate? Good water pressure in the shower. That is a great Aww. one. That's a we really just got we just got a new shower head that like Joey filter one. I kept getting like bombarded oh, with the Instagram yes, I see ads. Those on Instagram all the time. And I started noticing like weird breakage in my hair and like I was breaking out again. So I was like, oh, like maybe this might help. And it did. But the water pressure is phenomenal. Like I find myself wanting to shower like three times a day because it's so nice. Amazing. But that's I feel awesome. like that's pretty that underrated because when you're not, when you, when you're missing it, you're like this, I'm not, this it's is so fine. like, so yeah. tickling the water. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. That's a really High good intelligent one. A good one. answer. <laughs> do you have one, Krista? Um, no, I do not. Kaylee, why don't you, why oh. don't you go next? Um, okay. So because I'm broadcasting live from my bed today, I think that good sheets and pillowcases are very important because you use them every day. And I think it's one of those things that you buy and then you keep for a long time and you don't really give it a lot of thought. But I just recently got some new ones that are, they kind of feel like like yoga pants is like the material. They're antimicrobial. They're from a brand called Rest. Mm. And they're really cool to the touch, which is really nice in the hot months because I'm like a hot sleeper anyways. So these have been really, really nice. I would say definitely take a hard look at your sheets and maybe get some new ones. Because this has been great. Brought to you by Rest. <laughs> Brought to you by Rest, who did not sponsor us, but here I am singing who their praises. Did so. not. You can find Kaylee's Free affiliate link. Advertisement. In the I don't even have notes. one. That, I feel like that is the truest form of a recommendation. I don't even have an affiliate link. I'm just None of this is sponsored. Good. <laughs> Nothing is sponsored. No. We are in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> we hope you love this. Please dig us out. Our families are starving. <laughs> we accept Zell. <laughs> no, we don't do any of that. Oh, okay, Krista, you go. Oh God, I don't. I forgot what my answer was going to be. Um, okay. We'll skip you. I, I know. Skip me. I feel. You had five seconds. I was so confident in my cargo pants answer. I know you I really got forgot. ready for cargo pants. Okay, what's this one's so easier? Cute. This one's a little easier. What's one thing you're extremely nostalgic about right now? This one is oh. easier. Um, I think my answer is um old Twitter, like Twitter. <laughs> 2011 era i have been so deep in just missing that can y'all see my talk yes i've been watching the whole time (laughs) i'm sorry i'm so distracted he's just like digging a hole into the chair Um, franklin okay franklin okay i forgot what i was saying anyway i miss old twitter it just was so much fun None of this dumb bullshit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just miss when you could just make jokes and everybody was just making jokes and living their best lives. The end. That's a good one. That's a good one. What about you, Allie? Man, um, probably school, like cool. like elementary, middle school. Um, Austin is a teacher, for those who don't know. He started back on Monday with students, and Sunday night we I was drawing like poster board 
like it, he had this project for the first week with his, um, I think third, fourth and fifth graders where they would get into small groups and create like a poster of like either a game they wanted to play or like making up a game. Um, mostly just to have the kids meet, but Austin like hung them all around the gym and some of them are hilarious. He sent me a video, but Sunday night he was like, Hey, can you help me draw like a, an example poster for the kids? So I did volleyball cause that's what I played in school. Um, and I was like, Crayola markers. And I was like, damn, life was easy. I know. <laughs> I know. Yes. And you get back to school shopping. Like, Oh my gosh. Smell yeah. So fun. And all the new school supplies. Oh, yeah. There's nothing oh like it. Did y'all get so excited like the night before the first day of school? Every I day? would lay out my entire outfit, yeah. like my earrings, my socks, even my underwear. Yes. <laughs> Just like <laughs> out on like my desk or something. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a fear panic. You know, it was like a fear panic excited. Yeah, like a nervous excited. Yeah, it was the yeah. best. It was the best. Yeah. Man, Kaylee. um, I think mine right now is grandma food. Both my grandmas Aww. have passed away. I had, mm-hmm. I had one grandma in particular though who was like a Sunday afternoon, like everybody come over to the house and let's eat. And I'm like, especially this time of year, this was when we would do pretty regular Sunday dinners. I'm like very nostalgic for the just huge spread of like fried chicken and mashed potatoes and cheesy potatoes and green beans and just like Thanksgiving every Sunday, basically mm-hmm. just full out apple, apple pie, pumpkin pie, chocolate pie, Dang. so much good food. You didn't have to cook any of it. You could go outside and play all day, and then you come back in, and you're so hungry. You've been in the sun all day. It tastes so good. I miss grandma food. That's where oh. I'm at. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Oh, I love that. Now that makes me excited for fall foods. Yes. So, okay, final question here. Do any of you do pre-Thanksgiving Thanksgiving? Like, do you get excited like for Thanksgiving Friendsgiving? Food? No, I mean, like, ooh, the stuff we eat at Thanksgiving, that one time of year sounds really good. We should make that for dinner tonight. No, like a, a, I a preserve it. Okay. One day like a, a year. Shove as much as you can in your mouth. Okay. Yeah. Got to yeah. keep the magic alive. I get it. Yeah. All right. Not the same. I've done pre-Thanksgiving a couple of times because I'm like, I don't want to wait. I want stuffing and turkey and gravy. Did you like the potatoes. full gamut? So you go all out. No, it's like a condensed uh. version. But, okay. but you make like stuffing and turkey. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Right. But I like to cook too. So then I'm just like, let me see how many dirty dishes I can make in one sitting. <laughs> and it's like, oh, all of them. The more, all the better. Yeah. That's funny. I mean, second dishwasher. Cool. <laughs> what a flex. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't have one. Oh. I don't have one. Just to be clear. But in those moments, I would like one. So. I think it was a good chat today. Cheers. Good chat. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Cool. Yay. Yay. We never know how to end these. We got to work on this. I know. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.